Um, actually, Lucas is wearing a blue, white, and black striped tank top that was sold at Target in summer of 2018. <laughs> okay, 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 that's fair. Hello and welcome to our Stranger Things podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this first episode of season three is if you worked in Starcourt Mall, where would you work? And I, I'm like not sure, like do we need to pick a place that we know exists? Or something that you assume exists. Because I'd love to, I'm, I'm interested in working in a bookstore or if there's a hotel attached to the mall. <laughs> so when I said I wanted to work in a movie store and you guys said, well, family video isn't at the movie. That's because family video is, like, canonically exists. Oh, but yeah. It's, but, and it's specifically not in the mall. I would say the mall definitely has a bookstore. Yeah. I would 100% say they have a bookstore. I don't know about the hotel thing. Okay, I'm just saying like if they did have a hotel, I would work there. But if not, <laughs> I would work at the bookstore. I feel like hotel attached to mall is more of um, a specifically Edmonton thing. Yeah. That mm-hmm. we grew up with. I just really love hotels. I know. And so if I had the opportunity, I would take it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31-year-old artist and journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass bombs and long naps. She also likes her cat that uh, has decided to play during our podcast. But he's like 12, so when he plays, I'm like, yeah, you go ahead and play, baby. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about said cat. If I was going to work at, like, Starcourt, I would want to work at the movie theater, but I would be the popcorn scooper, and you'll understand why I clarified this in a moment. (laughs) And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. I'm a senior writer and... The social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40 OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. I would also work at the movie theater, but I would be like the girl who puts the movie reel on and like the projection room and like make sure that everything plays okay in all of the theaters. And then I would sneak down and like get popcorn from the cute girl at the counter and just does like me. tell her that she's cute. Does me, does me. We will watch the reels and kiss. (laughs) Today we have words to say about episode 301 of Stranger Things. Susie, do you copy? This episode will contain spoilers for the entirety of seasons 1, 2, and 3 of Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. Um, So welcome to to season 3. Hello. Thank you. Hi. Um, Nice to be here. Here we are in 2021, apparently. How's it going? That's Hopefully better. How's the future, guys? Yeah, we are... Still recording this in December. Y'all got a uh, vaccine yet? Yeah, hope it's going well. So let's go ahead and zoot into uh, into 1985. Let's just beetle on in there. Okay, so basically for the title, they say the title in the episode. It's Dustin's girlfriend's name, and she does not copy. Thank you. Way to go, Susie. You had one job. That's kind of it. That's that's the explanation. Yeah, but, that's uh, really... We're, we're done. Well, I guess we're done. So um, I'll see you guys later. I was excited uh, to be able to, like, talk about stuff in storylines again. However, I started doing my notes, and I found there were, like, six different storylines, and all of them were kind of weaving within each other. So, alas, here we are again doing things chronologically, um, but I think that that makes more sense, and as the season goes on, uh, it'll be better to uh, do things in storylines. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, part one, I think Sam did the uh, summary of part one. I sure did. <coughs> uh, so part one begins with June 28th, 
1984, which happens before the events of season two. So we're in a flashback uh, and we're in Russia. So we get a look at what the Russians have been up to on their side of this weirdo part of the Cold War. Instead of using kids with magic powers to access the Upside Down, they used a spinning nuclear bomb to crack it open. No big deal, right? Except actually their spinny bomb just like totally melts everyone in the room and then it doesn't even actually get the door open. So like, man, where's a super powered child when you need one? Uh, this is, this really scary Russian dude chokes out the lead scientist for not having figured it out yet, and his boss gives our pal Alexei one year to get it done for Mother Russia. Mother Russia. One year later, uh, Eleven and Mike are sitting in her room listening to 80s jams and making out because what else is there to do when you're 14 and in love in 1985? Hopper sits in the living room angrily watching television and trying to give Elle her space. They have a rule to keep the door open three inches, but he catches them kissing. He makes Mike leave, and then they keep... Uh, the kids keep talking on their walkies because, you know, they're in love. Mike bikes to the mall and meets the rest of the gang, and they rag on him for being late and wanting to spend romantic time with his girlfriend. But at least Lu- Lucas knows how to do both, and Lucas's little sister Erica is there and she acts like she owns the mall, and let's be real, she does. Uh, the crew meets up with Steve at Scoops Ahoy, and he sneaks them into the movie theater through the back so that they don't have to pay for tickets. Uh, right as the movie is starting, uh, the power in the whole mall goes out, and we pull out and see the power go out all over Hawkins. Uh, we come down an empty on an empty barn, and there's a rat tornado? <laughs> the power comes back on, no one thinks anything of it. Will still has PTSD from the last year. The next morning, Nancy wakes up late uh, in bed with Jonathan, and they rush to get dressed and head to work. Nancy sneaks out the back, but Joyce knows anyway, um, because there's lipstick on Jonathan's face. Will thinks that they're all gross. Uh, Joyce notices that her magnets have fallen off her fridge. Weird. Hmm. Doesn't seem like something that'll be important later. (laughs) On the way to work, Nancy stresses about being late, and Jonathan says that it's fine, but Homie really has never experienced sexism, so maybe shut up, Jonathan. In another car, Dustin is on his way back from summer camp, and no one is answering the radio. Rude. When he gets home, all of his toys start to come to life, uh, seemingly on their own, as they lead him into the living room. He grabs hairspray as a a weapon, and then we see all of his friends waiting for him, and just as they move to surprise him, Dustin blinds Lucas with the hairspray. Classic. (laughs) Wow. So we start on June 28th, 1984, which like you said, is before last season. Oh, (laughs) this is completely um, just unnecessary to mention, but when people bring in a whole suitcase for like one thing, I think that's trashy as hell. (laughs) Wait, why? Well, it's a whole suitcase or like a whole like briefcase and you open it and there's like foam and there's like one thing in it. Yeah. Come on. You need a whole thing. A lot of space being used there. Put it in your pocket, you weirdo. All right. (laughs) So, yeah, obviously those keys that he brings out end up important later for Hmm. deeply heartbreaking ways. I'm sad. Oh, my next note was just someone tell Alexi that I love him. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe I just don't understand science, but, like, who developed this? Like, how do people know how to open portals and stuff? Right. That's what I want to know. Like, at what point did they go, okay, so we're going to stop brainwashing people and start opening portals to another dimension? I'm just, like, so confused as to, like, how people developed this like they kept having like problems so they'd be like oh it didn't work this time let's change this thing it didn't work this time at what point do you not just go okay seems like it's impossible to open portals to another dimension you know like how did this i have no idea People how did this weird like, stuff well, it's in the not, 70s and 80s it's not impossible to do it because they they do it yeah i thought i would have thought if they hadn't like actually just ended up in hawkins i would have thought that they were trying to open a portal that would allow them to like 
sneak into America mm-hmm. and, like, take over America because the right. Cold War was happening. Uh, and that's why um, why the American government was using L to, like, spy on the Russians. Mm-hmm. And so you would think that the Russians are using it to, like, sneak into America. It but then be. they end up in America and building their own tunnel. So, like... Do they come to a, are they trying to like get secret soldiers from the secret dimension? Oh yeah, what is the motivation here? And and well my other thing is that like it's so giant and so detailed that I'm like how did anyone come up with this and <laughs> expect it to work and then also how does it end up actually working? Exactly. I just like I have I don't know. And like originally, like I have said, um I've only seen this season once and so like going through this podcast is only my second time watching. Yeah. And so originally while I was doing my notes, I thought, oh my God, like, is this happening in Hawkins? Like if it was happening during 1984, then like, did Owens know about this? And like, is this the reason why the gate opened and then 11 closed it? Right, 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 right. Again or whatever. But that ended up just like, you know, not being important at all. Yeah. Okay. So my next thing is like, I'd be so out of there. There's no way you could find me in that room in any capacity. No, Audi 530. Why would I, why would I be there? No. Uh, bye-bye. Like, when they go down into it, I'm like, why are you here? Why are you risking it? Mm-hmm. Why are you risking getting turned into a marshmallow? Yeah. So it doesn't work, and it kills literally everyone in the room in a really terrifying way, which is terrifying. Um, <laughs> and so, like, what did this add to season two? Because, like, I think the only thing is that, like, this is happening before season two happens. Right. Oh, right. Well, it's just, like, it's filling in, like, the background that... Like, this is what the Russians have been doing all this time yeah. while our while side has been, like, like using teenagers. Yeah, to, and has been, like, wondering what they're doing. This is what they've right. been doing. Well, also, like, you know, they needed to give Alexi, like, the one-year thing. And so since it's been one year, they need to, like, go back and show us what happened the year before. But I was mm-hmm. just wondering if, like, that gave something else to season two or something. Possibly. Um, and, like, it could be a part of, like, why, why the monster was, like, so prevalent and like determined to get into hawkins because like he was being poked from the other side sure maybe I don't okay know. so they say that they're close but not quite and the one guy gets uh choked out and um on stranger things wiki it said that that was a reference to or an allusion to darth vader choking oh, a rebel yes. in star wars <gasps> a new hope oh mm-hmm. my god of course thousand percent yes so I-, I haven't seen the film but uh yep have i have you that's you the very the first, first one. one. Yeah, you've That's seen the it. First one. One. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. I have seen it, but I don't remember. It's just when he, I just like, know they're at a, like, bad guy meeting, and one of the others is like, you're kind of lame. And then he's like, oh, want a bit? And then he just chokes him out. And, like, this really big scary guy comes back, right? He's like... Yes, that's the guy that chases Hopper later in okay, the season. Yeah. So, yeah, he has one year to figure it out, and, um... And, so like, like, he kills Alexi, yeah. basically. Right. <laughs> Spoilers! So does that dude... So the dude that he, like, choked is, like, dead, dead, right? Like, he died? Oh, yeah, he's super dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's why Alexi's in charge now. So, yeah, we're in Russia, and I wonder if that's, like, exactly, like, right across the world from Hawkins. Like, it went through the earth or right, something. Like I don't like know. A- that's axis some geog- point. Yeah, that's some yep. geography stuff that I don't know it about. It would be really but, cool if it was an yeah. axis point. Someone who knows science, yeah. uh, figure it out. Help if us. That's possible. Like, Russia's large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Russia's uh, large. <laughs> so, one year later is June 28th, 1985, and so that's where we are for the rest of the um, episode. But I think I think a night happens, so it's like the day after as well at some mm-hmm. point. So, yeah, all Mike and Eleven do now is make out. And um, on IMDb, it said the first time we see her bedroom, the camera pans across her walls and we can see the mask that she wore when she was with Kali's gang. 
So oh, it's cute yeah. that she like still has it. Micah is singing along with the music, and she straight up says that she doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> when your boyfriend's a bad singer. Which I also think is funny because isn't Finn in a band? <laughs> is he? So like, ouch. I'm pretty sure he is. Hopper seems just like deeply discontent about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And um, he doesn't want them kissing in her room. But they do seem to still live in the cabin that um, that he was living in before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, Will got exercised here, but he's still hanging out. Um, that's a long bike ride for Mike to get to the mall. It's way better for, uh, them to stay there than in his, like, old trailer. Yeah, that's true. super trashed. Um, so she magically locks it because he catches them kissing, and they're like, what? We're just reading. We're, we're like, four feet apart. Huh? What are you talking Um, about? I also noticed last night when we were rewatching that Mike is, like, wearing his shoes on her bed. He's... Just weird. (laughs) Like, Mike got annoying in season two Mm -hmm. but in season three it's like oh my god yeah please stop like and like i know he's a teenager and like whatever it's weird it's like he's only annoying when it comes to stuff about l though like yeah with mike or when he's with will he's not oh yeah and once he and l break up he gets like less annoying unless he's being like i need to get back i need to get l back and Mm -hmm. like there are moments when he's with l that i like don't mind at all like the the fight scene at the pool is great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just like, the the melodrama of it all, I'm just like, yeah. you're 14. Mm-hmm. You're 14. Like, later when Hop comes in to, like, give them the talk and everything, mm-hmm. um, he's not wearing his shoes. But I noticed this time he was, and I was like, that's weird. So then he bikes home, or he bikes to the mall, and they talk on the radio and everything. So, like, has he given his radio that he used for Dustin and Lucas and Will two to 11 or is this a new radio no i think they get, i think they all have their own little i radios think that now. they all have like they i think that they all have radios and she just also has one now yeah so he gets to the mall late to go to the movies and so we can already tell that mike is that guy who ditches his friends for a girl 100 percent, yep. always yep um like we already knew that he was that guy but like still now we know extra i just want to say from the bottom of my heart that lucas and max are the superior a couple and i think that we all agree on this yeah Yes. So Lucas and Will are wearing just some really short shorts. And <laughs> I know that that was the fashion stuff, but I was like, oof. I think that we should bring back short shorts <laughs> for men. And in this essay, I will. <laughs> short shorts and crop tops are for everyone. Yeah. Please bring them back. I agree about the crop tops. Um, so Max tells Lucas to stop making fun of Mike because Lucas is spending time with his girlfriend without just, like, sucking off her face all the time. Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah. And, like, I know, that I, I have to say that's not, like, super fair because Elle isn't allowed to go places. Yeah, like, it's it sucks yeah. that Elle isn't, like, allowed to, like, go to the mall and, like, hang out with them and her rules are a lot stricter than everybody else's. But later in this episode when they're, like, Oh, curfew, gotta go. You're not yeah, with anybody. that's any- annoying. You're not with anybody else. It's yeah. still fully daylight. Mm-hmm. You're full of it. Yeah. But they're also teenagers, and they're just packed full of hormones. Yeah. You like, know? I know I, I'm, not, not- I'm not saying that it's not, like, believable and realistic, um, but it is annoying. Yeah. I, I, I used to ditch my friends to go make out with my boyfriend. Yeah. I know. I know. It's disgusting. There was a time when I dated men. I, I never had a boyfriend in high school, so I can't. Um, I, I regret it. Yeah. Yeah. I, that I had, helps. I had several boyfriends, but I never ditched my friends for them. I did it, like, once, but there were, like, three of us, so it was just, we sent one away. Mm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but you still. have to leave third wheel. You know, it was like, Sean, go home. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sean. <laughs> I kissed him, too. Don't worry about it. Oh. Okay. Okay. 
Um, so Erica eats ice cream with her friends, and it's like crazy right now in the world that we live in, seeing all these people at the mall. It's so weird. It's so just strange. Like, they they were running through a crowd, and like, for the longest time during the pandemic, when I would see a crowd, I wouldn't like think, oh, that's odd, but it's gotten to the point where like, we're so far into it that mm-hmm. now it is starting to feel very foreign to yeah. me. Yeah, like, when they're at the mall and it's just, like, so many people, like, the packed escalator. Yeah. I was, like, so uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Like, at this time, when I first watched it, I'm, like, laying on the couch, 4th of July, ice cream in hand, and, like, it just is such a perfect nostalgia piece of, like, being at a mall and, like, having fun uh, in the summer. Mm -hmm. And, like, at the first time that I watched it, I was, like, ah, yes. The Mims. Yeah. And, like, now I'm like, oh. Oh, no. God. (laughs) People. So they go and see Steve, and Steve lets them through the back so they can get into the movies for free, which is very nice, but um, I don't really know why he's doing that, because Dustin isn't even here, and that's, like, the only kid he was actually, like, actively friends with. Because they bullied him into doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, like I've said all last season, Steve is a beta and can't do anything (laughs) ever. But that's a, I, I wrote that down as a good guy, Steve, uh, for the good guy, Steve. Yeah, it, absolutely Steve good guy, Steve. Um, that he's doing that, even though he's, like, not even friends with them. I just want to say for the whole, for the record, um, I don't know if you need good guy, Steve, anymore. I absolutely keep doing it, but um, it's just constant now. Of course. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like, there is no, there's definitely, yeah. like, good guy, Steve alert every episode. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. point. I but, feel like um, it's 24-7 good guy, Steve hours. Yeah, I just want <laughs> everyone to appreciate him, because I don't have a, a segment if, if not for this, so. Yeah, I don't think you should get rid of it. Basically, my whole point was, God, Steve is such a good dude. Let's talk he about is. it. Um, so they go to Day of the Dead, and actually they go to a preview of Day of the Dead, which I talk about later in the um, actually. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Day of the Dead, which is a 1985 American zombie horror film written and directed by George A. Romero. Um, the film is the third film in Romero's Night of the Living Dead series, and he described the film as a tragedy about how a lack of human communication causes chaos and collapse, even in this small little pie slice of society. Ooh. I like okay. that they picked this movie because I feel like it's really reflective of, like, what they do with the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, like, not only with, like, the zombie stuff with the upside down and, like, pulling people into the rat tornado to be rat zombie people, <laughs> but also, like, the lack of communication causing chaos. Like, mm-hmm. our, our, like, pretty soon into the season we get our, like, three groups of people and then they can't talk to each other because of their their various situations. They're either, like, out of town or, like, underground, and they can't communicate. So the, the inability to communicate makes things worse yep, for yeah. everybody. Which they like to do every season, but in different ways. So I like, yep. your, I like your, your thing about how they can't communicate, because in the first season, they just didn't communicate because they didn't actually, like, know each other that well, right. you know? And so, like, they had the opportunities to communicate, you know, Will and Jonathan are in, or Will was off yonder, but, like, you know, Joyce had stuff, Jonathan had stuff, and then, like, the kids had stuff, but they, like, all didn't talk to each other because they didn't know that each other had stuff, you know? <laughs> and so now that they know, like, crazy things are happening again, they assume, okay, well, I know who's going to be in on all of these things, but they physically can't get to each other to talk. Yeah, exactly. Um... So, like, the lack of communication is, like, a through, a, yeah, a through way, th- like, through the series, but in, like, different ways, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, so when they get into the movie, they already have snacks, which is relatable, because yeah. I also go to the dollar store before I go to the movies. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, it's where you get the cheapest soda. Yeah. So the power goes off, and Steve just aggressively flips the light switch to, 
see if that works. He's like, this will um, fix it. I'm like, no, it won't. He's just really dumb. But I, I kind of like this as, like, maybe a small parallel to um, the end of last season when uh, Jonathan was trying to, like, flip the switch to get into the lab and Dustin was like, let me try. Does exactly the same thing that Jonathan <laughs> yeah, was doing. Literally. Um, but yeah, the power is out all over town, so it's definitely not going to help. Um, and now there are, like, some rat tornadoes. I... I find the, Why? Stuff, the stuff to do with rats is so gross to I me. I kind of love it, though, because it's gross in a very Stranger Things way. It's I so creepy. Did. I don't like it. It's so creepy, but I love it. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a y'all thing to talk about, because I don't get it, and I don't want to talk about it, because it's gross. That's like, totally fine. Especially the part, like, later when they, like, it seize and explode. Like, that's gross and sad. Oh, yeah. Do- yeah. Ugh. When it explodes, it is, um... A little violent. It's yeah. a bit much. It is a bit much. Um, like, this whole thing is terrifying and gross, and I like... But I do like that they keep finding new ways to, like, reinvent the monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, also sure. really like that. Because it would be boring if it was just the same, like, Demogorgon every yeah. season. Yep, right. Because season one was the Demogorgon, and then they changed it to the Mind Flayer for season two, and then plus the Demodogs. Mm-hmm. And so now we've got the Rat Tornado, even though it's still the... Mind Flayer, it's still different. And the Mind Flayer, I think, because you didn't get resolution with the Mind Flayer in the Mm -hmm. first one, like you did with the Demogorgon, it's just like, the stakes get higher. Yeah. But it was kind of like, okay, you use the same monster twice. Yeah. Sort of thing. So, um... The Demogorgon was defeated at the end of la- of season one. Yeah. Um, Sam has seen season three a bunch of times, so Sam, can you tell me, like, is the- does the Mind Flayer- is it defeated, like, destroyed at the end of this season? Like, do you think that we're going to have season four be Mind Flayer as well? Is, I guess, my question. I don't think it'll be the Mind Flayer. I th- I'm pretty sure it's destroyed at the end of this episode, at the end of this yeah, season. Yeah, with like Billy. They like, it and stuff? Well, they, they throw fireworks at it and Eleven, <laughs> they throw fireworks at it and, um, like, lots and lots and lots of firecrackers and then Eleven, like, faces off with it mm-hmm. and then Billy ends up, like, sacrificing himself. Right. And, like, Bye. because they're connected, the Mind Flayer kind of, like, kills itself. Okay. Because it kills Billy. Uh-huh. And, like, you kill, like, the hive the mind host, and stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. You kill the host and you kill the virus. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that it's gone. Okay. Because, and I think at the end, I think we'll probably have a lot more, like, probably Demogorgons again and, like, a situation from Russia mm-hmm. in season four. Because at the end, they release a, like, Demogorgon on some random prisoner. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's like the weaponized, like, creatures of the Upside Down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so the lights go back on and where Will has, like, weird neck feelings that things are, like, happening again. And, you know, he doesn't... It's been less than a year and he's like, well, last time it was a full year and mm-hmm. um, I shouldn't have to deal with this again. And so he just doesn't tell anybody. Yeah. And Mike can, like, immediately tell when Will is uncomfortable, which is really sweet. Yeah. They are so in tune with each other. Mm-hmm. So then we move to the buyer's residence. Um, Nancy, or I guess this is the next day. And um, Nancy wakes up late because the power outage stopped uh, her alarm and she's sleeping next to Jonathan. Um, They get ready super, super fast. And Nancy just like full on climbs out the buyer's window. Um, (laughs) Like you could go out the front door. I'm like, like, why? Like Like, Joyce knows you're here. Yeah. I don't really understand why they're making it a secret. Like why they seem to be like sneaking around when everyone already knows about it. But 
Oh, also, um, Jonathan falling over putting his pants on is a direct reference to Back to the Future. Mm. It's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Yeah, Joyce and Will obviously know, and Will says that he thinks it's gross, and that he'll never fall in love, and thus my ace Will headcanon is born. I think you're valid. Thank you so much. I remember, like, sitting there with you, Brittany, watching it, and I was like, wait, 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 yep. wait a second. Yep. What are you trying to tell me here? Like, what if, what if I just took this and freaking ran with it? Because here's the thing, with Will being like, ew, that's gross, and then later he's, like, really aggressive about how, like, bad and terrible it is and stuff, and... It's not even that he doesn't, that he's like, ew, girls, or like, I'll never fall in love with a girl or whatever, you know? Like, he's specifically saying it's gross and that he'll never fall in love, period, Mm -hmm. which kind of, like, signifies something to me. You know, I feel like if they, like, I know later, I think later Mike says it's because you don't like girls. It's not my fault you don't like girls. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. There's, there are Some kind of queerness in there. There's, oh, they, he's definitely yes. queer. Yeah. It's just, yeah. like, in what way? What and there flavor? Are... Like, Robin and I could both be correct, and mm-hmm. he could be, like, homoromantic and asexual. Yeah. And uh, I would like to just That would see, be really cool. I would it. like that. I mean, with him saying, I'll never fall in love, that's, uh, that's closer to aromantic, but also, like... I also want him to have a crush on Mike, so like, <laughs> I don't be, know. And he could be saying I'll never fall in love less because, like, he's aromantic and more that, like, he sees, like, that relationships kind of, to him, make other people boring or, like, takes away from, like, the life that he wants to be living, which right. is, like, one with his friends. Or he doesn't know boys are an option. Right. Ooh. Well, th- yeah, because that's the thing is that, like, him saying that is, like, uh, like you know, I'm trying to take that as gospel being, like, okay, well, what does that say about blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But in reality, you're right, it could just be him being, like, it seems like when you get in a relationship, you stop caring about the people who aren't inside your relationship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you start, and I don't want to ever treat people badly, so I yeah. don't ever want to fall in love because clearly that makes the other people around me feel bad because I feel bad. And I mean, think about like what his basis for good relationships like are. Like he doesn't really have an example of a good relationship because all he sees are unhappy marriages mm-hmm. or people dying. Yeah. Like Bob died. His dad bounced. It's not like the Wheelers have an overly healthy marriage. Like I guess only Lucas's parents would be like a good example of a good marriage. So like literally all he does is look around and see, oh, okay. So rom- romance just ruins your life. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So the magnets fell and Joyce sees the Bob drop, the Bob drawing, which reminds us that he's not forgotten, um, which is really nice because it was so sweet. There are other shows where like someone dies and then you just move on, you know, so it's nice that they're not just moving on. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because it hasn't even been a year since she lost Bob. Yeah. I like that that you get both like the lead in with the magnet thing and then but also like little nods to Bob along, like, the whole season, to be mm-hmm. honest. It's nice. So, in the car, um, Nancy says that she can't be late because, like, everyone's nice to Jonathan, but she's a woman and nobody takes her seriously, so yep. she has to do extra. And Jonathan just doesn't get it. Um, He's so dismissive. And, like, but, but that's the thing is, it's like, I can't, you know, he doesn't understand which is, like, fine. And it's not like he's being like, whatever, Nancy. You know, like, you're making this up. Yeah, you know, he's he trying going, to comfort her. He just has no clue. He's saying... He's not necessarily saying, like, I see you and I hear you and this is maybe what we can do to fix it. He's saying, like, well, once they understand how talented you are, then maybe they'll take you seriously, you it, know? And like, But it's not that helpful. It's not helpful. It, yeah, it's not helpful because, like, he takes her seriously and mm-hmm. he thinks she's a good journalist and, like, good at her job. 
and doesn't know why, like, anyone else wouldn't think that also. Yeah. Because in his world, sexism is just not something he has to think about. Yeah, and so, like, he hasn't, he just doesn't comprehend how poorly they treat her, yeah. and I don't think he, like, well, he's never in the witnesses room. it when it happens. No. Yeah. But, like, I want y'all to know, like, I have been talked to in this manner before mm-hmm. by men. Oh, fully. And we it all is have. degrading as hell. Mm-hmm. So I think I think what happened with Nancy was that she got out the window and then immediately went and sat in the car, and then Jonathan walked out and then met her in the car, I think is what happened. Mm. But, like, it's like, what went through Jonathan's head? Like, he was like, okay, so she sneaks out, and then I go out, and my mom wipes lipstick off my cheek, so clearly my mom knows what's going on. And it's like, does he think that his mom just thinks he's experimenting with wearing lipstick? I don't know. You know? he No, it's because he doesn't know what the lipstick... He doesn't he realize, realize that it's on his face. But after that... But, like, originally I thought that she had, like, gotten home somehow and he picked her up at home, but I don't think that's what happened at all. No. No. Uh, it happens way too quickly. So, driving past Nancy is Dustin and Claudia. He's coming home from camp, and he calls himself Gold Leader. It's a Star, Star Wars. Wars reference. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna Google it. Um, in what way is it a Star Wars reference? They have different, like, squadrons of, like, Colors. TIE fighters yeah. and, like, X-Wings and, like, things that are, like, taking on the Death Star. And there's, like, gold leader and red leader. So, like, you he's the leader of their squadron. Okay. So no one's answering him. And it's clear that Dustin doesn't mind just repeating himself over and over and over again until someone answers him. <laughs> um, you can relate to that. Dustin's like, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. Why? Because I never listen to anything. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be like, Benny, 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 Benny. Benny! Benny! Um, <laughs> So, oh, I really love that she has the little cat bobblehead on her on her dash. Mm-hmm. Claudia just loves cats, and That's I true. just respect I respect her. Claudia so much. She knows what she's about. So he's been gone for a month, and they're thinking that maybe his friends just forgot which day he was coming back. You know, it's not that they, like forgot that he was coming back at all but maybe they just forgot which day and that's yeah. why they're just like not available just you know sort of a slip of the mind but secretly his friends are inside his house and so i wonder like how else would they get in claudia let them so in. i think that yeah. i think that claudia knows that they didn't forget yeah. oh yeah for sure she's definitely in on it because i was like i guess 11 could get herself into there but oh, yeah. wouldn't they i think it would but, they where's, wouldn't, but where's claudia you wouldn't break into your friend's home okay here's what i think happened was that they got home Dustin went straight to his room. Claudia let them in, I don't know, the back door or something. So they weren't just, like, waiting for him. Because I don't know how far away camp was. She might have been driving for a really yeah, long like, time. Yeah, like, he would have had to, like, pass yeah. where they're all waiting yeah, so, to get to his room. So I think that they got home. Dustin went to his room. Claudia let them in the back door or something. And then then what happened, basically. Yeah. So uh, Yertle is still alive. We like to see that. Yertle the turtle. Good old Yertle. And uh, Toy Story starts happening in his room. <laughs> Um, right? Literally. I was like, I've seen this scene. Yeah. Uh, it happens in Toy Story. No, it's the first Toy Story. Yeah. And when they uh, attack Sid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he grabs his Farrah Fawcett hot hairspray, which he still has, and he's going to use it as a weapon. Um, all his friends surprise him, which is really nice, but then he gets scared and sprays Lucas in the face. It's, <laughs> that's such a classic moment. Uh, and that's the first part. Good job. Woo. So, before we move on to part two, shall we play everyone's favorite Stranger Things podcast Yay! segment? Um, 
Actually, it's I was called- thinking that would be great. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> that was clever. Thanks. So, um, so first of all, the first three that I picked out are ones that people were like, here's an um actually, and then other people were like, actually, here's a reason why that's not an actually. Oh. So it's like an um actually, and then someone um actually the um actually. This is, this is layers. Yeah. So the first one was that Mayor Klein and Sheriff Hopper later discussed that July 4th is in four days, which means that the date when they say that is June 30th. Yeah. But the movie that the kids sneak in to see couldn't possibly be playing because it wasn't released until July 19th, 1985. Oh. However, then somebody um actually that um actually and said, um, actually there's a sneak peek sign on the movie poster. Yeah, it says early preview. Meaning it's being shown prior to its full release. There was a limited release in the U.S. that began on July 3rd, but that's still prior to the events here. Mm, Eh, We'll fudge it a little. Yeah. Um, actually, the song I Just Died in Your Arms by Cutting Crew was released in the United States on the 1st of January, 1987, but oh. this episode takes place in June, 1985, and oh. somebody, um, actually, that, um, actually, and said the song isn't play- being played diegetically. So a diegetic song means that it's being played, yeah. um, okay. like the, the, the character is listening to it. In canon. Like, yeah. Like, they're listening to it, not so, us. So technically it doesn't matter because she's not listening to it, we are. Yeah, so it's not quite a screw up. Yeah. When it when is that one used? I oh, looked it up because I wasn't sure. It's that's Karen. over Karen. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Alright, work. Um actually Joyce is shown watching an episode of Cheers that shows Sam and Diane discussing the character of Fraser. Fraser did not appear on Cheers until September of nineteen eighty four. Um this episode takes place in June of nineteen eighty four. But someone says, um, at the very beginning, after the opening credits, it says one year later, which means it's actually June 1985, and Frasier is on Cheers. Oh! Get it together. So take oh. that. So the rest of these are just regular, um, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, actually, in Scoops Ahoy, when Robin is keeping tabs of Steve's rejections, she does still want a dry erase board. These were not widely used at the time. Wait, they weren't? I guess not. That's weird. Um, actually, one of Dustin's toys is a Transformers Ultra Magnus, which wasn't oh, released until summer go. 1986, a year after its appearance here. A different colored version of this toy existed in summer of 1984 as a Diaclone-powered convoy toy, a Japanese toy line from which many Transformer toys originated. <laughs> All right, whatever. Um, actually, the phone call received at the newspaper office is incorrectly indicated by a lit red button. For this series of office phones, the red button is actually the hold button. Instead, mm-hmm. of the, instead, one of the five clear buttons should have been blinking, indicating an incoming call, and could not have been answered by merely picking up the receiver without that button being in the press-down position. I actually think that's kind of fair. Yeah. Um, actually, in the first scene of the closed-down Radio Shack, the car on the left of the screen has a distinctive taillight lens, identifying it as a 1988-1991 body-style Ford LTD Crown Victoria, and this episode takes place in 1985. Shut up! And my personal favorite. Oh, God, here we go. Um, actually, Lucas is wearing a blue, white, and black striped tank top that was sold at Target in summer of 2018. (laughs) Okay, 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 that's fair. That's my favorite one. <laughs> that's really, they were like, um, it's not like a matter of one or two years. That tank top came out last year. The fact that that tank top, because Target sells Stranger Things merch, yeah. that tank top could have been part of like an 80s inspired Stranger Things line at Target mm-hmm. and then they bought it and wore it on the yeah. show is hilarious yep. to me. Uh, uh, and thus ends, um, actually, for this episode. I loved it. 
So now we're going to go into part two and I did the um, summary for part two. There is something that I did specific research on in part two Ooh. that I'm really excited to talk to you about. I'm ready. Okay. She's a fancy lady. Oh, I remember what you said this was. I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is my summary for part two. Karen hangs out at the pool with her friends. Seems like they're not really there to swim though because they're all dolled up to see the new lifeguard, Billy, who's still a complete jerk. He yells mean things at children. He sees the women but only gives attention to Karen. Clearly, since the opening of the mall, the other stores have suffered. Hopper comes to visit Joyce for advice on how to deal with Mike and Eleven. Joyce suggests that he have a conversation with them politely. Hopper doesn't feel confident, and Joyce writes him a script because she won't do it for him. <laughs> Nancy and Jonathan get to work, but the dudes in the office treat her terribly because she's a woman. They don't take her seriously at all. Back at Dustin's house, he tells him about camp and about his girlfriend, Susie. He has a way to talk to her. He's got a radio tower thing that he wants to build on a hill. At Scoops Ahoy, Steve finds that his game is severely lacking now, and Robin makes fun of him for it. Uh, Hot practices the script that Joyce wrote, but he doesn't think he can do it. Joyce has faith in him. He asks her out to dinner, but she declines. On the hill, the kids discuss Susie. Mike and Eleven leave because of their made-up curfew, and everyone complains that they've been lying to them. More creepy rat stuff happens. <laughs> Karen swims at the pool, and Billy makes it clear that he's totally down for whatever she's down for. He invites her to a motel that night, but she declines. Ew. However... Then she, she declines gets ready and then she gets ready later? and he starts making it on his way. So it seems like she probably actually did say yes to it. Okay. So first of all, um, we're at the swimming pool and the like vibes and the colors and everything. Oh. I was just like, oh, I want to go to a swimming pool. So we bad. didn't get to do Immaculate. any of that this Immaculate. summer. Yeah. I miss swimming pools so much. I miss like just the smell of chlorine. Mm. Every year I go to the West Edmonton Mall water park with my cousins right before Christmas and we were still gonna go this year because they had some COVID restrictions down and like you had to specifically um, like book a day and they were only letting a certain amount of people in and, we, and we, I was like okay like I'm confident in the fact that that's gonna be safe and everything and then Alberta's numbers just got worse and worse and worse and so even this year I still don't get to go. Yeah even though that was going to be, like, one of my, like, sources of joy this year. But thanks. Alberta completely blew it. So, okay, let's talk about let's talk about these books. Okay. As the worker of the Starcourt Mall book store, I'd love to tell you about <laughs> some books. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I looked at the book that Karen was reading, and I was like, is she reading the same book again? Because no. it looks similar? Mm -mm. She's not. Okay. So this is the same author, and it looks like it's the same dude on the cover, but um, the last one was called Heart of Something, and this one's called Tender is the Storm. Um, the couple is positioned slightly different, so you can tell that it's a different book. I was like, oh, it could be a sequel, or maybe that woman just writes a lot of the same stuff. I like I thought reading... it was different colors, too. Yeah, like, like slightly. The one last season, like, sort of matched her bathrobe mm -hmm. when she came downstairs, and this one is, like, purpley yeah. instead. I, I like reading these because I just wrote my notes, like, as a... Just, like, as my mind thought of them and everything. So mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's a different author. And maybe it's this, 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 and everything. And I'm like, you're about to find out, Robin. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> okay, so the old book was Heart of Thunder by Joanna Lindsay. And it's real. I didn't think that the book was real. So I didn't even look it up for for the season two finale podcast. Um, <laughs> but it is. So Joanna Lindsay writes a lot of romance novels. Um, so she's like one of those, there are several romance novels yeah. who, mm -hmm. novelists who like write a lot of romance novels. So the old book, this was the, the book that she was reading in the bath is Heart of Thunder. And it came out in 1983 and it's from the Southern series. Um, this book is Tender is the Storm and it came out in 1985 as like a single novel. And there's also a Wild West version of it. That's the way, awesome. The way that I know that, that Karen Wheeler has a thunderstorm uh, kink now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, the other one also has a Wild West version, so I guess, like, that is probably that. It seems like Karen just, like, really is a big fan of cowboys or yep. something. I'd really like to talk to you about these book summaries. Yes, please. I would like to hear them. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so this is Heart of Thunder, which is what she was reading in the, in the, in the bathtub. bathtub. So consider her reading this book and then going to, like, see Billy at the door, okay? Okay, okay. So, um, I think I have, like, two different... Okay, I've got it. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> A dramatic reading of the summary of Heart of Thunder. Okay. No man had ever dared to force his attentions on stunning, fiery Samantha. (laughs) Oh my god. Samantha Kingsley until Hank. (laughs) Hank. Hank Chavez, the rough hone, insolvent outlaw, aroused the spirit Hellion's wrath and her passion. Samantha vowed to slaughter the impulsive rogue if her father didn't do it first. For there's only one thing Chavez wants more than the kingly's sprawling Mexican homestead. To ignite in Samantha's breast and to take the tempestuous beauty in bold, rapturous conquest. Jesus Christ. So that's what she was reading in the bathtub. I'm I'm honored to be the namesake Mm -hmm. of uh, Karen's romance heroine. Thank you so much. So the book jackets that she has are fictional. They like specifically drew those to look like Billy and Karen. Oh, okay. Um... But, like, this is the theme. Okay. I love that they did that, though. Yeah, That's so funny to me. So let me tell you about Tender is the Storm, which is the book that she's reading. It's brand new. Mm-hmm. It was, well, it was brand new both times, I think. Okay. Um, new at the time of yeah, when she's reading. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is what she's reading at the at the pool. Heads drunk. Samantha. What if I was like, what if it was like, Brittany? Oh, my God. <laughs> Headstrong heiress Sharice Hammond wants no part of the New York society marriage that has been arranged for her, so she heads west across the vast and dangerous land with no intention of honoring her agreement to become the mail-order bride of a rugged Arizona rancher. (laughs) But Lucas Holt needs a wife. Any wife. And if his plan to destroy his most hated enemy is to succeed... And this gullible eastern lady would do quite nicely. However, their separate schemes to use one another are complicated by raw, aching passion. Oh my god. (laughs) For Lucas's beautiful, unsuspecting pawn was not supposed to be so irresistibly alluring. And freedom-loving Charisse never dreamed she could ever desire one man so much. I am (laughs) bummed out by this. Uh, I'm delighted. I'm thrilled. (laughs) As oh someone God. who, at, like, at a point during college, I read romance novels, I support her. This They're ridiculous, but they're so much fun to read. Like, they're, they're basically original fan fiction. Yeah. Okay, like, you, you, you got me, you got me. Like, romance novels are just original fan fiction, mm-hmm. and uh, they're valid. Yeah. So, yeah. that was, so th- those are fun. When I found those, I was like, I cannot wait. You have to hear about them. That is so cute. I <laughs> um, love them. So those are the actual books that Karen was reading. Okay. Um, she's also drinking Coca-Cola, and it says new on it's it. It's the new Coke. <laughs> wow. I, I love everything about this, like, bubblegum 80s aesthetic of mm-hmm. season three. Like, it makes me so happy. Yeah. Yep. So the female lifeguard is leaving, which means that Billy is coming, and it's clear that, like, all of these women have, like... I don't know, figured out what his schedule is and mm-hmm. stuff. Then he's, like, mean 
he shows up and he's mean to a little kid, which just shows you that he, like, still sucks. I have such a hard time, like, no matter how attractive some somebody is, if you see them, like, call a child a lard ass and is, like, super, super mean to them. Yeah. I think of that so attraction, ugly. All of that attraction goes away. Yeah, and I yeah. don't know how, I don't know. I just don't understand still thinking someone is attractive after seeing how garbage and trash their personality is. I completely agree. It's like how I used to think Chris Pratt was cute, and now I think he looks like a thumb. (laughs) You know? (laughs) The the saddest part also is that everyone, like, stops to hear this kid be berated, and it's so sad. Like, everyone, like, stops and stares. And, like, that's, like, until recently, that's how we did stuff. Yeah. We just let people get away with bullying like that. And that's why when people complain about, like, PC culture, I'm like, shut up. You're just pissed that you can't bully little kids anymore. Mm, yeah. You know? Like, I don't know. I wasn't alive in the 80s, so I don't know exactly what it was like, but I like to think that if someone talked to a kid these days, you know, I would stand up for the kid and also 100%. get that person fired. Yeah, yeah. He's doing that on the job. I completely mm-hmm. agree. So he walks past all of these MILFs and specifically notices that Karen's is new. And he also has, like, a new skull tattoo, which, like, cool. What a guy. It's just, like, he, he has intentions with Karen. Yeah. Because he already he's already like one up. You know, they've already had mm-hmm. like a weird thing going on in which right. you know, when Ted was in the other room literally just asleep. But like Ted I'm just trying to figure out up. if Billy cuz like I I'll, we'll talk about this later, but like later in the car, Billy's like genuinely like seems pretty not necessarily excited, but he's like looking forward to it and No, he's definitely excited. He's like practicing which is like mm-hmm. kind of sweet and I, you know it's like i don't know if it's a, because he actually likes her which probably not but like is just like excited to land a mill get off and uh and like be able to say that he did that with a mom like it's it's definitely like a point of clout for him yeah but it's also like karen is actually hot mm-hmm. and like like i i don't think he's like intellect intellectually interested mm-hmm. but like physically he's very interested right that was my next question is like out of all of these women, is he actually most attracted to Karen? Because there's also other beautiful women here, right? Sure. Other beautiful women who are, like, on Karen's, like, caliber, um, like, uh, lifestyle-wise. Right. And so I'm like, is he actually interested in Karen the most? Or is he just, like, showing her extra attention, like, to get brownie points because he already has an in with her, and that's just, like, she's the easiest one there. I think he's genuinely interested in her mm-hmm. the most because I'm sure at least one of those other women is not married. Right. And oh, sure. that would actually be significantly easier than seducing a married woman. Right. Agreed. Um, so since the mall has opened, the other stores don't get any customers, um, and there's a poster that's, like, going to the, like, everybody go to the town hall, we're gonna protest the mall. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like anybody's interested in doing that anyway. Um, Melvalls, where Joyce works, has a huge sale. Hopper comes in wanting to talk to Joyce, and she says that he's her first customer of the day, which is saying something because later when Nancy walks by, it's around lunch, and they were supposed to be at work at, like, 9, 30, 10, so it's been, like, a couple hours and nobody's come into Melvalds. Yeah. Um, well, like, what do you need at Melvalds that you can't get at the mall? Exactly. And also the whole time that, um... And the vibes are so good at the mall. (laughs) Right. And the, the whole time that he and Joyce are talking, she is um, putting things on sale. Yeah. Like, the price gun that she has is marking things lower than mm-hmm. they were before. Yeah. Um, so he talks about how he feels like Mike is corrupting Eleven, and I'm just saying, like, you should have come to Joyce in season two when this was, when this was also an issue. Right? Yep. Like, he needs her help so bad. Mm-hmm. So he says that he wants them to break up, but it's, like, 
Joy says it's not up to him because they're all they're doing is kissing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, like, why don't you just wait until Mike has to go back to school? It's genuinely, to me, it's not that big a deal. Like, it's I know really it's, like, not. two whole months until he goes back to school, but, like, like then he's not going to be around. Like, okay? as long as they leave the door open and they're not, like, doing anything other than kissing because they're children. Yeah. I, I don't see a problem. And, like, this is, like, where they start with, like, kind of toxic Hopper this season. Yeah, yeah. Which yep. sucks. Because, like, I enjoy that he gets an entire storyline with Joyce, but, like, they fall back into, like, some really weird, toxic 80s tropes mm-hmm. that are unnecessary. They just and, make Hopper, uh, like, they straight up just make Hopper look like an asshole. Yeah. It's like, they completely learn from their issue with having Eleven be jealous of Max for no reason from season two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they immediately, like, fix that and, like, take it out entirely and, like, just delete it. And, but then they take those same jealous icky tropes and put them in hopper and i'm like what are you doing why are you why are you regressing all of the character development he had for a joke Mm -hmm. please for a dollar don't rely on a trope they sort of took the 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 aggressive banter of it way too far yeah Mm -hmm. i like i agree that it can't be healthy to just be making out all the time like it is a lot of what it is (laughs) um but it's like they're not really doing anything wrong no um but like my main thing was like what what isn't healthy about it is something that hopper doesn't even see which is how much they're like ditching their friends exactly like it's not it's not bad that they're just like kissing when they're home in the afternoon yeah Yeah. like you're you're teenagers and you want to make out that's because it's new and exciting and fun sure but ditching your friends is the is the actual garbage part yeah um, so Joyce says that if you give them orders, they're going to rebel. And so that he just needs to have a conversation with them. And he's like, well, I feel like I'm already doing that. But he totally isn't. He absolutely yeah. is not. No. Because dude hasn't even heard of the phrase heart to heart. He's like, what's that? It's like, that's a good point. So she's like, you should talk to them on, like, they're on your level, you know, like they're people. And I was like, this is really nice. But I really feel like Joyce, the two kids that you've had to talk, like, had, like, talks with are Will and Jonathan. They seem a little more chill and would be better to take this approach. Yeah, like, your kids are a lot more receptive. Like, her kids are, like, super receptive. And, like, I feel like Eleven, if Hopper, like, just, like, had a straight-up conversation with her, would also be super receptive. Because, like, he's the one person that she looks up to the most in the entire world. Mm -hmm. And, like, so she values what he says to her. And they've worked hard on their relationship, too. And Mike is a little disrespectful dirtbag. Mike's a little asshole. I, like, I... He's a bad influence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I hate to say it, but he's a bad influence. I don't think you're wrong. I, think- I, I like that they break them up pretty much immediately. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like, I, I feel really bad because, like, of course he's just a kid and, like, he's dealing with a lot of weird stuff. But a lot of the time, I have a hard time liking Mike. And I don't know if that's a bad opinion to have or not. Like, I enjoy how, like, realistic it is that yeah. he's, like, a stupid little kid who, like, mm-hmm. fucks up these things and, like, makes these kind of mistakes. And, like, th- this is a very teenager childish thing to do. But I'm also, like, oh, my God, you are so annoying. Exactly. I think the perfect like, word is the word that Hopper uses later, which is disrespect. He's he so disrespectful. disrespectful. It's, like, that's, and that's why he's so annoying. Yeah. Like, it's not just that he's, like, kissing you know, he's Eleven or, dude. like being a goof or like whatever it's that he's openly disrespectful to hopper and like you don't do that yeah i know that like we're jumping a little bit ahead uh, like right now but Mm -hmm. like bro you don't do that like that's not your dad 
Yeah, that's your exactly. girlfriend's dad. You're being disrespectful to an adult that's like not your adult. You know, like what are you even thinking? God. The thing is, you have to play the adult's game in order to get what you want, and like mm-hmm. that's something that like I learned at a pretty young age was if you argue at a, on a very level manner, like with an authority figure, a lot of the time you're gonna get what you want mm-hmm. if you're a kid. But if you're an asshole about it, guaranteed way to never get what you want. And like it's just. <sighs> He, he doesn't even, like, argue his side, even. He just, like, starts making fun of Hopper. Yeah. And I'm, in like... In front of his face. In yeah. front of him. And I'm, like, if I... Like, you said it's not even his dad or whatever. Yeah. But, like, if I spoke that way to my parents, mm-hmm. I would be mortified and also, like, be in extreme trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. I, and it's... And you know it's because... Ted is lazy, and he doesn't discipline mm-hmm. Mike, so Mike is Literally. just terrible. You're completely yep. right. <sighs> so everything is Ted Wheeler's fault, and <laughs> he should just uh, stop sucking so much. You're totally right. There, I mean, there is, like, ways that you can talk to your own mom and get away with it, mm-hmm. you know? But there, but you can't talk to other people's moms like that, you know right. what I mean? If anyone disrespected my, like, I talk to my mom like she's my friend mm-hmm. because I'm a 31-year-old lady and my mom is my friend. Yeah. But if anyone else tried to talk to my mom like that, I'd knock their teeth out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also just wanted to say that I'm really impressed with the set deck for getting all of these 80s packaging. It's yeah. great. Yeah. And I bet I bet most of it is... Um, like thrift store finds and stuff? Well, like, no, it's like accurate because oh. there weren't any um actuallys about them. <laughs> nice. So Hopper's like, hey, can you do it instead? And she says no, but she is going to like try and write him some words to use. We love boundaries. So Nancy passes the store on her way to work and, or like she's coming back from lunch um, because she had to go and get everyone else's lunch because that's her job. Oh, poor Nancy. So she's working at the Hawkins Post with Jonathan. Um, She accidentally enters the dark room while Jonathan is like um, processing his photos, which is a running gag throughout the season. And um, so she goes into the boardroom and it's just filled with men. And the only women is like her and like the secretary. Yep. Yeah. And it's all annoying middle-aged white men. Yeah. Um, so they're just like, how about we just make sexist jokes towards you the entire time? I, I This is horrible, but I just wanted to say like the background actors are really doing the most. They're like, they oh, have, you want me to laugh at sexist jokes? I got it. Up that <laughs> They're like so slimy. Um, and so we have Jake Busey, who's here through the through the season, um, and he's literally cast because he looks like his brother. And <laughs> I'm sorry, the Buseys look creepy, and that's the point. They do. You know? Yep. That's just the point. I remember when we watched it, I was like, that guy's creepy, and I can't figure out why. And then I looked up who he was, and I was like, I now know why. You're making <laughs> some very good points, my friend. He's here to deliberately make me uncomfortable. So they're trying to figure out what to write, and Nancy gives a suggestion, which is actually a really good suggestion. It's an excellent article idea. They like her suggestion, but since she messed up one thing on Jake Busey's order, now everything she said in that room is undermined and means nothing. And, like, they just make her a joke instead of, like, taking her seriously at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all she's good for is getting them their food, so whatever. Um, they call her Nancy Drew, and you know what? First of all, not very creative, but that is what you get for being called Nancy. Um, I just wish you do it in a nicer way. Yeah, a reporter named Nancy. It's also, it's like, God, it just must be so invalidating for her to have been, like, one of the smartest people in their class, Mm -hmm. and then, like, go here and, like, have all this, like, great intention and ideas, and, like, last, oh, no, that's the season (laughs) now. Um, I was going to say, and last season have been, like, uncovered an entire, mm. like, thing. No, that's the season. But, like, to have, uh, 
just like been at the top of her game in high school, basically, and get knocked down so far and not taken seriously at all and just have to get sandwiches for men and like answer the phone and shut up and like. And that's what people consider to be like paying your dues. And I'm like, no, that's bull. That's complete bull. Like paying your dues is like, you know, you start lower and you work your way upwards, but that doesn't mean you should be like verbally abused. Yeah, and humiliated, you know, treated like garbage. I my next note on this was just like I wouldn't want to work there, and like it's true. But here's the thing: it's like the '80s, and so it's like important that she is there to make a point. You know, yeah. The point that she's making is that I'm a woman and I'm here and I deserve to be here and I could do good work if you gave me a chance. You know, and so it's important for her to be there, and it's like she might feel like it's part of her purpose to be here and like change their mind and like make a difference, but also like. At what cost, you know? Like, Well, she's trailblazing like many yeah. women. Which is, like, great. But, like, if it was me, I'd be like, it is important for me to be here. But also, the cost to, like, my mental health and, like, my worth. Like, yeah. me feeling worthless because of these people. Mm-hmm. It's, like, what is more important. Exactly. And it's probably, like, the only news outlet in Hawkins. Yeah. So it's, like, the only place the only where if that's what she wants to do, where she can work. Yeah. Like, she could easily go get a job at the mall. But yeah. she doesn't want to work at the mall. She wants to be a journalist. Yeah. Um, so we go back to Dustin's house and Lucas is washing out his eyes. Um, he's lucky he didn't need to go to the hospital to get an actual Truly. flush of his eyes. Um, and uh, he brings up Max's pimple on her forehead. Um, <laughs> and I just wanted to say that it's really rude to bring up pimples on anybody, not even just girls. Like, just don't point those out. That's like, rude. You don't talk about it. Like, acne should be, like, normalized and, yeah. like, you shouldn't be made fun of for it, like, at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very normal to have acne. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't make you a gross person. Mm-hmm. But, like, Lucas pointing it out, it, like, he deserves to get put back into yeah. the water. <laughs> it's <laughs> also, funny. I think it's hilarious and way more, like, realistic. Uh, I mean, Mike and Eleven are realistic as well because, like, teenagers just make out all yeah. the time. But, uh... I think it's why we find them so much more charming, uh, like Lumax, so much more charming, because they do stupid stuff like this. Yeah. So Justin starts talking about his in- inventions. He's got his giant radio, and like he talks about a couple of things, and, mm-hmm. uh, but then he talks about his big radio. Um, on IMDb, it said, Dustin names his portable long-range radio tower Cerebro. In mm-hmm. the Marvel Comics X-Men comic series, Cerebro is a device used by um, Professor X to amplify his telepathic powers, allowing him to detect fellow mutants around the world. Yeah, oh, nice. a mind reader. So that totally makes sense that he would call it that. He mentions his girlfriend and everyone's like, what? And he, he just really buried the lead there. <laughs> he's like, here's all my inventions. No one cares about this except for your girlfriend. Or about your... They only care about... The fact that you, have a, that you have a girlfriend and you didn't tell them. So the camp that he went to was called Camp Nowhere. So it was kind of like a science camp, an invention camp, which was really cute. Um, and his girlfriend's name is Susie. She's from Utah. And Will is just very surprised to learn that girls also go to science camp. <laughs> um, they do. And Mike is like, is she cute? Because, of course, Mike only cares if she's cute. Get out of here. Mike, for a dollar, be an intellectual again. <laughs> um, no. So, so Mike, or so Dustin says that he, her, his girlfriend is hotter than Phoebe Cates. So Phoebe Cates was an actress and model and she stopped acting in 2001. Um, and then there's also a uh, fun fact on uh, IMDb about this. So there is a couple of fast times at Ridgemont High references throughout the um, 
this the season. the season yeah um the pool scene when billy is coming out to do his lifeguard duty is playing the same music as when phoebe cates came out of the pool and he's wearing a red bathing suit then um so that happens in fast times at ridgemont high and then later dustin describes his girlfriend Susie as phoebe cates only hotter um, and then in the finale a cardboard standee of phoebe cates in her red bikini gets knocked down in the video store by steve <laughs> oh my god um so they're all gonna go grab the radio and they're all gonna go talk to Susie. <laughs> I know, I looked her up too. I didn't think she was that hot. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so back at Scoops Ahoy, um, Steve is trying to chat up some girls. And she is wearing uh, an outfit for a college that she's going to. Um, he says that he's taking a gap year to get some experience. But in reality, he like genuinely just didn't get into college. Yeah, it really doesn't sound like the ga- gap year was uh, yeah. voluntary. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's working in an ice cream shop. And he... <laughs> like, not only is like... He's just not doing a good job. But then he, like, drops the change everywhere and, like, tries to play it off. And it's, it's just It's so bad. humiliating. Um, I mean, it is interesting to see both Steve and Nancy, who were, like, the right. top dogs in, in high school, like, knocked down several levels yeah. once they hit the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, so this girl does not want to hang out with him. And Robin shows the um, amount of girls that he's talked to, which is about six, and he hasn't gotten any of them. <laughs> Um, he's talking about how his hat is ruining his best feature, and he's honestly right. His, yeah. <laughs> it, it truly is his best feature. He also says that he makes $3 an hour, so it, let me check, adjusted for inflation, $3? how the heck much is that? You know, the depressing thing is someone on my timeline was talking about how they, um, work in a restaurant in Washington, D.C., and they make $5 an hour, and it's 2020. Oh my god. Ugh. Because restaurants they, don't they have to a, pay minimum wage. They, they get away with it because they yep. they have um, tips. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart that that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should get tips on top of minimum wage. Thank you. You should. Oh my God. Because like some people don't tip. Like then what? $3 in 1985 is worth seven twenty six today. And that's that's an American as well. I was about to say oh. I was about to say that's still the minimum wage in a lot of that's parts of America. Bad. When I worked at Family Video, that was what I got paid. Yeah. That is not enough. I got um, like seven fifty an hour. Cause I thought I thought for a second that he was um like just hyperbolizing, but I don't think he was. No. no. Um, so he says that his dad is trying to teach him a lesson because he didn't get into college, and then he takes off his hat so that he has a little bit better game, you know, maybe he can just have get a couple more points or whatever, mm-hmm. until he goes, ahoy! Ahoy! Ahoy, ladies! Ahoy, ladies! Um, and she already knows that he's gonna strike out, so. <laughs> <laughs> she, like, had the board prepared. Yeah. She, like, hears it, she's like, well, time to go write things. She's like, ah, here we go again. Okay, so I have some Jopper content here for you, Sam. I hope you'll enjoy. I'm so ready. So Hopper is practicing the script that Joyce gave him, but he's like, oh, it doesn't sound like me. And I'm like, yeah, because it, it would never sound like you because you didn't write it. Yeah. <laughs> these are not words that you're familiar with. Um, he okay. doesn't know these words. <laughs> okay, here's my thing. Are you ready? So he says, I care about you very much. And then she says, hey, eye contact, which tells you that he was looking away for I care about you very much. <gasps> and that she had to remind him to make eye contact again. I'm just saying. He couldn't look her in the eyes when he said I care about you very much. Thank you. That's that's that. Thank you. Due to unforeseen circumstances, I shall now be passing away. I'll miss you. Um, so they need to build an environment of trust. Um, <laughs> Joyce believes in him, even though he doesn't believe in himself. And she holds his hand. If you... Joyce, what are you doing? If you don't want to, like... Like, if she's like, whoa, I'm not trying to give off these vibes, then, like, why are you holding his hand? I mean, but she's also just trying to comfort her friend. 
Well, like, I hold point, your hand. Well, then at that point, pat him on the shoulder. Yeah, but I know that you're not trying to date me. And I'm not trying to, <laughs> and I'm not trying to date you. So, like, that's fine. But, like, if you already well, have, like, weird tension with somebody, you're not going to hold their hand well, just the, to comfort them. The thing is, like, she does want to, yeah. but she's scared. Mm-hmm. So, like, in those little moments where she's, like, trying to comfort him, like, she lets it come out because, like, she feels so comfortable around him. Mm-hmm. And, like, so she feels comfortable, like, giving him that encouragement and, like, looking at him like that. Mm-hmm. Like, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And, but then she, like, gets too close to, like, him reciprocating those feelings and that terrifies her. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, I, I, you, I have not been perceived. Yeah. Don't look at me. Robert but just rejected my handhold. What? I held your hand. It was hurtful. I was already holding Sam's hand, if I'm honest. Really? Yeah. Oh. So, Sorry. Okay, well, that's fair. I'd rather hold Sam's hand if I were you, too. Okay. But I feel bad because, like, Hopper takes this as an opportunity to, like, do the thing that he's been wanting to do, and then she says no, and it's like, okay, and, you know, if I was Hopper, I'd be like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to have the confidence again to do it because I've just been rejected. Yeah. No, I don't don't think that that's his perception of it, Mm. to be honest. Like, I think that, I think that he would... Because he does do it again. Right. Well, yeah, like, you're right. Like, several you're right. times. And, like, he, he still looks at her like, like, okay. may, like, maybe someday. Right. Well, that, that, that's fair. That he probably also thinks that it's too early. Yeah. From since when Bob died. Like, this is probably, like, the third time he said something. Right. To be honest. And so, like, you know, her making that gesture. Reach out. Yeah, that gesture, like, makes him think, okay, this is my opportunity. And, like, it just ends up still being too early, I guess. Yep. Um, so then another thing that I brought up was, of course, Hopper talked about in last season, at at the end of last season, about how he's scared to get close to people because he feels like everything, every time someone gets close to him, bad things happen to them and they leave or they die or something like that. And he says that he might be like a black hole. And so I was thinking, like, I wonder if Joyce feels, is too afraid to get close to Hopper because she feels like she's a black hole. You know, Bob, Bob just died and, you know, all these bad things keep happening to Will and... I think she's scared to take any step in any direction. I think she's happy with her life right now. She's standing in the middle and, you know, there's like lasers or bombs all around her or something, you know, and it's like, if I take any step in any direction, something bad could happen. Right. And so she's like totally content to just stay here and she doesn't want anything to change. It's like the last time she let herself have feelings for somebody, he died. Mm -hmm. And so like, she doesn't want to like risk that with Hopper because it's, the stakes are even higher. Yeah. And like, so she just can't afford to lose him Mm -hmm. and then the second that she does then he'd be lost (laughs) he gone so carol comes in and she says that it's georgie's 13th birthday if you can believe it oh my god and georgie basically she's asking for present advice so if she knew what she was getting she would just go to the mall but she doesn't Mm -hmm. so she needs to come to joyce basically yep so they go and they're going to talk about Susie some more um they're like why don't we just call Susie? because utah has phones (laughs) um And he's like, well, Susie is Mormon. And so Lucas is like, oh, so she doesn't have a phone. Got it. Hmm. And Max is like, I'm very smart. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Uh, Like, Lucas looks like such a dummy. But also, like, Lucas, Will, Mike, and Dustin were, like, top of their class in science. (laughs) And dude doesn't know the difference between Mormon and Amish. Um, (laughs) I love the blind spots that people have. Like, it's so funny. So Max 
says, no, it's, that's the Amish. Um, so she does have a phone, but her parents wouldn't approve because he's not Mormon. Mm, yeah, um, all right. And he says that it's very Shakespearean. It's very, oh, it's very romantic. Star-crossed lovers. Of course, of course. And Mike and Eleven are like, oh, speaking of romance, I have to go. I have to go um, kiss her face until I can't yeah. breathe. And, and like, the, the thing that, like, sucks the most about this is, like, even if they wanted to, like, hang out with their friends past, like, 4 or 4.30 or whatever, mm-hmm. they've made up this fake curfew for all of summer. Oh, my God, yeah. so they can't do it anymore. Yeah, so, like, even if they wanted it's... to, like, stay and hang out, they'd have to be, like, you know, I, I you know for a fact that Lucas would be, like, hey, it's 5. Yeah. Weird that your curfew passed <laughs> and nothing happened. And they're going to be, like, Oh no, I'm I'm gonna be in so much trouble. Hopper's gonna God. be so oh, mad. Dear. I gotta go. Oh no, my Hopper ain't even home. So they leave and you know they go home and make out a bunch more. But um, I'm like, why did you walk this whole way then? Like, why didn't you just go? Okay, well our curfew's like gonna happen soon, so we probably shouldn't like walk all the way up this hill. Exactly. Or like, or, like walk all the way to the bottom. Of the why hill, did you, you know? go? Like, um, so they say that they've been lying about it all summer, which sucks, and Will says that he thinks it's gross, and I'm like, <laughs> interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Dustin's really upset because he literally just got home, and, um, then, I think then Will gets, like, weird, uh, feelings on his neck again. But, um, do we get an explanation, Sam, as to why Dustin stopped wearing the teeth he was wearing last year? Oh, yeah. Like, I noticed that he has braces now, so I'm wondering if maybe it's because of the braces that he can't wear the teeth that he was wearing last year or something, but he stops wearing them. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's explained, but I'm going to remember that. So all of the rats are, like, coming together in this abandoned building, which is Brimborn Steelworks, which is where Billy ends up later. Um, and then all the rats are, like, seizing and exploding, and it's really gross. And I feel bad for the rats! Yo, they just exploded for no reason! They don't know why! I like that they connect, though, Will, Will's, like, weird feelings to the rats running yeah. across the field. Mm-hmm. Oh. like, I probably would have put those together anyway, because I was like, a weird thing and a weird thing. Oh. Seems like it oh, some yeah, stranger yeah, yeah. things. <laughs> Alright, so, Billy watches Karen swim. Same. And I guess she, like, has waterproof makeup or something. I was very impressed with how well her uh, lipstick and eyeshadow mm-hmm. stayed on. Like, you could not catch me putting this much makeup on to go to the pool. I have. Um, it's exhausting. So they talk about how so Billy... I'm going to want to rub my eyes the second I get out of that chlorinated yeah. water. And it's gonna. I'm just going to look like a clown. <laughs> so they talk about how Billy teaches swimming lessons. And she says... That he's good at teaching swimming lessons to his face. It doesn't seem like... I, I bet he's just terrible at teaching swimming lessons because he hates children and he's mean. Yeah, he's probably so abrupt with them. So, so she says he's that he's good. Like, yeah. she's seen him do it. Yeah. But here's the do thing. Do you think he's taught Holly? Ew! <gasps> Maybe. I don't like that. That's another thing is that, like, later, he actively knows that he's trying to seduce a married woman. And I know that he doesn't care because he's trash, but he literally to her face says, Mrs. Wheeler. He does not call her, what does he call her, Karen? No, he calls her Mrs. Wheeler. He always calls her Mrs. Wheeler. And yeah. you've met her children. You've well, met all of her children. He doesn't care. I think that's like a Mrs. Robinson thing. Yeah. So like it's hotter to him to I'm not call saying, her that. Yeah, I'm not saying that he doesn't care. I'm just saying that he's like, that just, like, makes him suck more. Yeah, he's deliberately he, sitting. He's reminding himself that she's married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing is that, like, that reminded me, like, when you said maybe he taught Holly, is that, like, he he's met all three of her, of her children. Yeah. With Ted. Still. And he's, like, still willing to be, like, I'm gonna 
do your mom. I'm upset because I know that you're going to do your mom. That's the only I, thing that I relate to Billy about is his enthusiasm for his milf enthusiasm. Like he goes to school with Nancy. We it's just weird. Thank you. I it's extremely weird. Every time I see like Billy and Karen scenes, all I can think of is that like lady who does the Satan like lesson on monster energy drinks and is like, <laughs> "Do you know what a milf is?" <laughs> And I'm like, that's just, like, b- what Billy is, like, focused on is mm-hmm. is Karen's MILF status. And I'm just like... I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Billy and I don't have a lot in common, but we do have this in common. Throughout the rest of this scene, they use swimming lessons as a euphemism for sex. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it's weird that it started with, I've seen you do swimming lessons with children. <laughs> yeah. And it starts there, which is weird. Um, but she says that he's good at doing swimming lessons. To his face, she says. Yeah. Then he says he could teach her. He could give her swimming lessons, okay? Mm-hmm. Then, I'm like, bro, you just told her that she had perfect form. And now you're saying, do you want me to teach you? And then later she's like, I don't think I need swimming lessons. Because obviously she has perfect form. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And also she doesn't need swimming lessons as in she doesn't have to have sex with him. Yeah. Then he tells her all the styles of swimming that he knows. This is obviously just a euphemism <laughs> just, the whole time. He's just listing swimming. Yeah. Then he invites her to teach her swimming lessons at a motel pool so that it's extra private. And I'm like, well, do you get the pool to yourself? I don't think so. What if some family walks in to use the hot tub? Come on. <laughs> so I think that, um, you know, he works at this pool and he spends his paychecks on motel rooms, it seems. Because obviously, you know, he lives with his only, dad. Only, he only spends it on hotel rooms when he's lucky enough to, like, right. lure in a MILF a la Karen Wheeler. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think he's been, like, working on Karen for several For weeks. several months. Months, honestly, yeah. And, and he's like, okay, let's do it tonight. And I'm like, bro, tonight? Give her some time. Um, and she says no, because she doesn't need any lessons. Because she has a husband who teaches lessons, too. <laughs> and he says, well, maybe you don't have the right teacher <laughs> of the swimming lessons. Oh, okay. And then he says, it'll be a real workout. And I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, finished I'm uncomfortable and I'm going to leave. Thank you. And, like, it's a good approach because Ted Wheeler is, like, you know. Clearly a terrible teacher. I was like, he's clearly a terrible teacher. Selfish. Yep. He's, exactly. Exactly, Robin. And, like, I understand Karen in that, like, Ted is terrible and, like, lazy and he sleeps all the time and, and like, Billy, doesn't pay attention to her. And Billy is the type of person that she fantasizes about. And exactly. Like, Billy is, like, the character from her romance novels and, like, he he gives her attention and he makes her feel desired and beautiful and, like, I get wanting the attention and I'm just very, very glad she doesn't go through with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is that, like, at the end, like, she still said no, but then at the end, you know, the way she looks at him and then the fact that she's, like, getting ready at the end, you know, we Mm -hmm. know from later episodes that she full-on just didn't go. Right. So that's good, but it seems like... Well, she just doesn't go at the end of this episode. That's Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or, like, we know that she didn't go because of... Because of the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I... I wonder how the rest of the scene went where she was like, "Mm, okay, sure, yeah, you could do tweets. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, maybe, like, before she leaves or something, she, like, tells him that she'll be there or whatever. Or he, like, tells her, like, what room to go to or something. Yeah, or something, yeah. Um, And so that's part two. And before we move on to part three, uh, Brittany, can you tell me about Patreon? Oh my god, yeah, I'd love to. So Patreon's a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Like who? So like, oh my god. Okay, so if we're one of your favorite creators, 
you could go to patreon.com slash jfictionados and join our Patreon starting at a dollar a month. What do you get for a dollar? You get early access to our pods by at least a day. Cool. Yeah. And if you um, do $5 or more, you get that. And you get um, 10% off at shopylux.com. What's shopylux.com? It's where you and me post our art. What kind of art do you do? Um, I make resin art and I make um, cool pop culture stickers. What do I, what art do I do? You do um, fandom inspired embroidery. Do I have any Stranger Things designs? Yes, you do. You have a Steve one. And? And you have Jopper. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah, I think so. So if you guys want to join, um, uh, the money actually goes to helping us uh, with our server costs because hosting these podcasts is a very expensive thing that we do. We are recording a little bit early, but I think that we probably still also has have some uh, aficionado stickers available. So if you go to the um, the description, you can get some aficionados themed stickers, and that also helps us out. But if you can't, that's okay. Next best thing you can do is just recommend us to a friend, and we also appreciate that. Um, we have several other podcasts that we'll talk about in the outro, mm-hmm. and if you like any of those, check them out. And if you know anybody who likes any of those shows... Maybe send them to a friend. Uh, we would really appreciate it. It's mostly just more of this. That, yeah, so if it, you yeah. like this, then you should like the <laughs> it's other It's more thing. of this nonsense. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to do part three, and Brittany did the summary for part three. I sure did. The kids assemble Dustin's radio tower and try to call Susie. She doesn't answer. Shocker. Joyce gets home to an empty house and makes herself dinner for one. She watches Cheers and remembers Bob. I am sad. Her magnets fall off her fridge. Nancy takes a call at the post. Hopper talks himself through his pep talk while Mike and Eleven make out. It's gross. He tries to have a talk with them, but Mike is kind of super rude and blows it for them, so Hopper lures him out to his car and just yells at him. (laughs) Dustin still can't reach Susie, so everyone bails. Will wants to play D&D like they used to. Dustin accidentally taps into a Russian transmission. I'm sure that's nothing. Karen gets all dressed up to have an affair, but then she sees Ted and Holly snuggling and changes her mind. Billy practices hitting on Karen while driving and crashes his car. I get it. She's a milf. (laughs) Anyway, he's pissed he crashed his car and gets pulled into the abyss by a monster. Bye! Bye! We'll miss you. No, we won't. No, we won't. I know there's Billy apologists, but I'm not one of them. So we go to the hill again, and this is the first instance of many in which Will just wants to play D&D. Yeah. And just, can we just play D&D? Um, like we used to, and tag yourself, I am Will, would yeah. love to be playing D&D. Just let the boy play. I frequently, like, think about, like, whoever said one time that, like, because Will went missing in the Upside Down, he didn't get to have the same, like, experience that they did. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only for a few days or whatever. Yeah. But, like, it, like, it objectively altered, like, his perception of childhood, mm-hmm. and, like, he wants to hang on to those things a little bit longer yeah. than the rest of his friends, and it's, like, really heartbreaking. And I feel so bad for him. He's been the fifth wheel all summer. It's been Mike and Eleven, yep. Max and Lucas, and it's been him all yep. summer. Yep. And now, finally, the other third wheel comes back as Dustin. And, and he's got a girlfriend. And Dustin also has a girlfriend. And given she's not here, but, like... He's like, maybe Dustin will want to play D&D with me. Will someone play D&D with me? Has Max ever gotten to play D&D? I'd, I'd like oh, to think so. I hope so. Um, so Lucas is thirsty and so drinks the rest of the water and doesn't give Max any. And I'm like, you know what? You guys are really cute, but I, d- Lucas doesn't seem to be like that. Not, not that he isn't nice, but like he's not very attentive. No. Lucas is just dumb in a like himbo kind of way. Yeah. Like he... He never has ill intentions, mm-hmm. and Mike is dumb in an annoying way. Yeah. Ooh, some hot takes happening here. Well, that's the thing is, like, if I was Max, and after having dated for, like, months, and, like, 
he's pointing out your pimples and he's not saving any water for you, I'd be like, if well, you were a, sir, if you were a gentleman, you'd give me the water first. Mike, well, Max says later in the season that she and Lucas break up like several, several times. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All like, the time. they break up all the time. Mm-hmm. So they set up the radio and he calls Susie uh, his love. Um, but all they get is static, and he's like, oh, it's dinner time, so she's probably busy. It's okay. Oh, no. And, you know, for a while there, when you're watching for the first time, you don't know, like, it seems like Dustin isn't lying, but, like, you're kind of on Lucas and Max's side where you're like... Like, okay, buddy. Yeah, (laughs) Sorry that your fake girlfriend didn't answer. He seems so genuine about it, but you just don't know until, Mm -hmm. like, the finale. Mm Mm-hmm. So Joyce gets home and no one's here, and I like I like this for Joyce because months ago Joyce would be like, Ma, ah, where are they? Ah, my family mm-hmm. isn't here. And so it's nice that she's like, that's okay. She's like, okay, they're she's having like, fun. You know what? I've learned to let go. I do have to say though, you know, right now as we're recording and when this comes up, the the sun goes down so early. But like they're in the middle of summer, you know? So like mm-hmm. when when Dustin and Will and Lucas and Max are still, like, sitting out there and Dustin's saying the same thing over and over and over again, and it's sundown, it must be really late. Oh, yeah. But it's also, like, the 1980s, and it was okay. Sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially in, like, small town America. Like, I feel like I heard stories of, like, my parents doing stuff like this all the time, and, like... We did stuff like this. Like, there's, uh, there's a part later in the season where when Joyce and Hopper show up at the carnival... And they ask Karen where the kids are, and she's like, well, they were there, and then they were here, and, you know, it's summertime, they're wherever, and, Mm -hmm. like, everyone assumes that their kids are safe wherever they're running around, which is, like, not the case at any Mm -hmm. given time in history, but... (laughs) Yeah. And, like, I think, like, that that makes sense to me, it's just the fact that it's Joyce makes Mm. me feel like, you know, and her kids are both so, um, not, like, muted, but, like, they're, they're more, like, calm, yeah. And they don't seem, like, they're not they're as more much, reliable like, kids. Yeah, they don't seem as much to be out so late that, like, um, that, like, the sun is down. Like, I don't know. I just exactly, expected Joyce to be more worried, I guess. No, this was exactly, like, how my sister and I grew up. Like, mm-hmm. we were pretty reliable kids, so, like, my mom would boot us out and be like, come back at sundown. Yeah. And, like, sundown was, like, 10 p.m. <laughs> in the summer. So, so she makes lasagna and wine, and she also has peas, and she's watching cheers and diana's talking about getting married to like basically the wrong man you know because she's yeah. supposed mm-hmm. to be marrying sam um since i watched this for the first time i have seen six episodes of cheers and so i know who that is <laughs> so she and bob used to watch cheers together and bob wished that sam and diane would get back together um and now of course diane is talking about marrying fraser um which makes me really sad because that means that bob died before he could see sam and diane get back together because, like, I know that they do. Later, like, like that towards the heart. end of the series, they eventually get back yeah. together. But Bob never got to see it. But then you're like, okay, well, what's the what's the thing here then? You know, is that Joyce is Diane and mm-hmm. Hopper was, is Sam. Sam. Yeah. Um, and it's not that, like, and she was going to marry Bob, who I guess is Frasier. Right. Like, uh, fine, but just not the one. Yeah. Like, she, like, if he had not died, she probably would have married him. Yeah. Yep. And, like... And would have been very ha- very happy. Mm-hmm. And, like, at this point, also, Joyce doesn't know whether Sam and Diane get back together, so mm-hmm. she doesn't know what to do with Hopper. Right. So then the magnet falls again, which, um, is not, is even more of a 
indication that this is going to be important later. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy is in at work just, like, cleaning up garbage because that's her job. Um, she answers the phone and takes some notes, and we get stuff from Doris Driscoll, and she writes, disease rats. So... Rat tornado. Can't wait to hear about that one. <laughs> rat tornado. Um, Mike and Eleven are making out to the hits again like they do every single night. Um, <laughs> Hopper is out there, like, practicing his speech, mm-hmm. and... Like, he knows exactly what's happening in that room. And he's, like, trying to build up the courage to go in there and, like, calm his nerves with a cigarette and, like, Mm -hmm. relax so he doesn't go too far. Yep. And those kids are terrible. So he goes and he he knocks and he asks to talk and they're all like, okay, hi. And so they just, like, awkwardly stare at each other until he turns the music off. Um, And he completely chokes and goes off script Mm -hmm. um, because Mike is a brat. Mike is awful. It's also not that, like, Hopper's just not that kind of parent. Yeah. He goes, "Uh uh-oh, I think we're in trouble. You can't talk to people like that. No. You can't, like, Like, I can see him trying to make a joke to make Eleven feel more comfortable, and that's fine, but what he's doing is mocking Hopper, and that's not fine. Like, if if he had stopped at the, "Uh uh-oh, I think we're in trouble, like... Like an icebreaker sort of thing to, mm-hmm. like, make them all a little more comfortable so that Hopper can actually talk. Fine. But the fact that he whispers in Eleven's yeah. ear while making eye contact with Hopper, I wanted to knock his stupid little fluffy head <laughs> off the bed. Like, what is he even saying? He's just making fun of him, like, because he makes her giggle. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, it's... We don't know specifically so that it's just as infuriating to us yeah. as it is to Hopper yep. to, like, sit there and be like, what the hell are you saying, you little shit? Mm-hmm. And, like, you're losing points with the family, dude. Like, yeah. is this what you want? And so he's like, okay, well, your mom called and your grandma's, like, dead. So. <laughs> That's so manipulative. Like, it's awful. It's awful. But God, I laughed. So let's get going. And like, Mike's like, don't do that to a kid for the record. After, after Mike was such a piece of crap... And then Hopper, like, immediately is just like, oh, actually, then, like, I don't know. If I was Mike, I'd be like, I don't believe you. But Mike yeah. completely believes him. Mm-hmm. He falls for it because it's like an adult wouldn't lie to you, right? Yeah. And so, like, that's the thing is that, like, I understand Mike being mean to Hopper, like, last season when, like, it's revealed that Hopper always had 11. And so he's, like, calling him a liar and, like, punching him and everything. That's fine. But now, have some respect. This man's also law enforcement, like... So Mike Mike is asking a bunch of questions about Nana, and once they get in the car, Hopper can finally yell at him. He locks him in the car, um, and he basically says, I will go crazy if you disrespect me again, and um, if you better listen to me, and maybe I'll let you date my daughter. And, like, that's fine. You know, like, no one, like, if, if you know, my feminist brain is like, no one's allowing anybody to date her, you know, like, it's it's her life and everything. But I totally get where he's coming from. Because like, genuinely, he could stop him. And I wouldn't even be mad because Mike is being being disrespectful. He's being a bad influence. He's being a bad kid. Also, like, I don't think that Hopper actually says anything that indicates that Mike should have to stop seeing her. Because he very deliberately says he's like, you're gonna listen to my rules. And you're gonna like, respect me and you can continue dating 11 Mm -hmm. like that's what he says in this scene like we don't see him like say whatever else he says between now and the next episode Mm -hmm. but like by the next episode mike is like i can't come over i'm never gonna see you again right my grandma died i can't talk not what he said and like that's not definitely is not what he said he didn't he didn't say make up an excuse and lie to my daughter and like can like treat her terribly Mm -hmm. like 
You're an idiot. Yeah. However, I do really like that Hopper is saying, is like actively calling Eleven his daughter now. Mm-hmm. I think that's really sweet. It's wholesome. So Yum. it's, it's night now and Susie still isn't answering and he says, Susie, this is your Dustin, which is cute. <laughs> this is your Dustin. Um, so Will is really nice about it and is like saying, oh, maybe it's like not working. Lucas thinks that Susie is completely made up because she's too good. She's good, too good to be true because no girl is that perfect. And Max pretends to be mad, but she's just kidding. But Max also doesn't believe that she's real. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin thinks that Will will stay, but Will is also leaving. And maybe, but maybe tomorrow they can play D&D. Will's like, how about we do um, things that are actually fun tomorrow? Okay. Be like, mm, can you blame him? <laughs> like, I thought it was pretty funny when you sprayed Lucas in the face with hairspray, but <laughs> I prefer... I also thought that was yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Will's just a really sweet kid, and I, I, I want him to have more good things next He's season. a really good kid. Yeah. So Dustin intercepts a Russian signal, um, and I have to say, like, Eleven isn't here, so, like, if, if Eleven left and he got that, I would think that it was, like, Eleven, like, blocking it. Right. Not knowing that she was blocking it or something. Yeah. Um, I just think it's weird that it, that it comes through as soon as his friends leave. Like, that's kind of, that's suspicious. That's suspicious. That's weird. That's weird. I just think it's weird that, like, it comes in just as they're leaving. Like, does, I, would, I would say that's weird. Does he change the channel or anything? I don't think so. Because he's specifically looking for Susie on a specific channel, I think, mm. right? I didn't look for that. He could have done, but I don't think so. Um, so the thing that um, they're saying is, the silver cat feeds when blue meets yellow in the west. A trip to China sounds nice if you tread lightly. The week is long. I know that this is, like, translated and figured out later, but I've only seen the season once, so let's have Sam explain. Uh, it's basically, like, Robin figures it out later. Mm-hmm. Not our friend Robin, yeah. Robin the character. Uh, figures it out because she speaks, like, several other languages, and they, like, work on their Russian to figure it out. And, uh, she figures out that it's a code for, like, stuff at the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, the silver cat is, like, a delivery truck, and it enters through the Chinese restaurant, and, like, she puts it all, all the pieces together, basically. So- It's, like, it's instruction, an instruction mm-hmm. manual for dropping off- the, like, secret lab stuff mm-hmm. to the underground mall. So how, at this point, does Russia, does Russia come in to Hawkins? You know, like, how do these things come together? Like, why is Starcourt Mall the thing that Russia, because they're in Russia, you know? Uh, how, how does, how do those things come together? I don't remember. I Wait, who's don't in remember Russia? either. Like, ev- all the Russians. No, all, all the Last Russians year. are in Oh, like last last year. year they were all in Russia. Why are they here? Well, now? they probably got information about the gate having been successfully opened in. So Alexi was like, "Let's bring it over here." And so Alexi is like, "Let's bring it over here because we know this is a place where it's actually been opened before, and like they've successfully gotten through." And so he gets the government to buy this land for the mall, mm-hmm. like because the the Russians own the mall. Okay, and so. They built this mall as the cover and, like, paid the mayor not to question them. Mm-hmm. And they have everything underneath the mall so they gotcha. can hide their scheme. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. Um, Alexi's year is up, so we're going to do it. Figure it out, bald. So it's so he's intercepting a Russian signal, but it's not coming from Russia. It's coming from the mall. Mm-hmm. Got it. So Karen gets ready for her date with an 18-year-old. And she goes ahead and she takes off her wedding ring. Um, and she, she's ready. She's going to go. And then she sees Ted sleeping. And 
just Ted sleeping, I don't think would have stopped her. Because mm-hmm. she's seen Ted sleeping all the time. Yep. But, fa- but the fact that he's napping, like, with Holly makes her feel bad and makes her not want to go. Yeah. And, like, again, I think Ted sucks. Yeah. But, like, she has a family and, like, it, I would like him to step up his game. Yeah. And, like, care about his wife. But I, I do like that she, like, slows down and is like, hey, mm, I don't want to ruin my own life. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't completely destroy my marriage. Right. You know? Right, and, like, with that snot rag. <laughs> like, like Karen deserves better, but Billy's not better. Right. Exactly. Billy's just a convenient distraction. Yeah. So, Billy's driving to his date, and he actually seems, like, kind of excited. He's practicing, and um, I, I don't, I think that, it's not that he's excited because he's like, oh my god, like, ee, you know, because, you know, but I think that he's excited because, I think I said this before, but, like, he's just excited to have sex with a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Especially her, I guess. So he gets in the accident, which I think is, like, staged because he ends up at the steel building and that's exactly where he needs to go. Like, I think he, like, his car was run off the road. Well, like, he, right? he something hits the car. Like, he hits something. Like, okay, Something right. runs out. So I'm assuming it was, like, a bunch of rats. A very large rat right. came up and, like, slammed mm-hmm. into his windshield. But it's, it's, like, not just coincidence that he ended up at that building no. yeah well it's because like the rats are already running across the street right mm-hmm. the rats so like the and the tornado was <laughs> the tornado was like messing with the rats earlier mm-hmm. and so like i'm assuming that this demogorgon tornado rat uh is like controlled by like the upside down force okay and so like a rat flies into his windshield. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was the rat tornado itself. Mm. So now, yeah, there's gross stuff on the windshield, which I guess is, like, either upside-down sludge or, like, uh, exploded rat juice? Yeah. It's definitely exploded rat juice. Okay. Um, so he gets attacked and gets taken into the building, and him falling into the building and, like, into, the, like, the platform and stuff mm-hmm. is a direct, direct parallel to Barb because um, she got pulled in, and she also, like, tried to hold herself up as well. Like, yeah. um, when she got pulled in, she held on to the, like, sides of the, um, like, the pool ladder. ladder. Pool. Yeah. yeah, and so this is, like, very, very direct parallel to when Barb got pulled in. And I think that tells us that Billy, as we know it, is, like, basically dead, because yeah. after that, Barb was dead, you know? The mm-hmm. last thing that he was doing was practicing on how to hit on a milf. That's probably the most endearing thing like, he's ever done. That's the most I'll ever respect. <laughs> yeah. Like, here's the thing, though, is that, like, it makes sense that, like, neither of them end up going because, like, I keep thinking of, like, Karen actually went and he didn't show up. How mortified Ooh, she oh would be. Oh, no. And then, like, and then I get scared because I think, okay, what if Karen didn't show up but Billy did show up? Dude, he's violent. You and know? then he's, I'm like, afraid of what he like, would what do. what would he oh do to her? Oh, my God, yeah. Also, that, that reminds me, in the next episode, there's a part where, like, she's coming up, she comes up to him and explains, like, why she sorry i didn't show up i can't do this i don't like i i don't have any mm-hmm. other interest in like pursuing this beyond like flirting and he has a vision of himself like breaking her neck right like, oh he pictures himself breaking her neck and killing mm-hmm. her in the like pool house or yeah. whatever and and then it like snaps out of it and like goes out but like the first time you're watching it you think that billy killed her yeah yep. so yeah yeah that's a very I, good point i think like if she had, like, I'm just glad that neither of them ended up there because, mm-hmm. but also, but then also, you think about the people who work at the Motel 6 who were like, thanks for your money, I guess. <laughs> well, he probably didn't actually get the room until that night. Right. Okay, that's it. That's the, that's the thing. You guys want to move on to segments? We did sure. it! Yes. 
So, uh, my first segment is Good Guy Steve Alert, and um, I've got two Good Guy Steve Alerts. So, okay. Good Guy Steve Alert, Steve tries to make the most out of not getting into college, and he gets a job. And I know that it wasn't necessarily, like, his decision, but it, he's still trying to make the most of it, and I think yeah. that's great. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to look on the bright side. Good guy, Steve Alert. Steve helps the kids get into the movies for free, even though he isn't even really friends with them. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. He is friends with them, though. <laughs> They're his only friends. Yeah. But, like, compared to Dustin, yeah. yeah. I'm like, like I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do nice things for these brats. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, Will can come through and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Max. Will's a good boy. Actually, everyone but Mike can go. Everyone <laughs> but Mike. Yeah. Um, and my segment is how garbagey was Jonathan this app. Uh, I'm gonna give him a little bit of a higher because yeah. he doesn't understand what sexism is, uh-huh. and it's like, but you should. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna give him a six. Okay. Like Nancy is sitting here telling you like the terrible things that she's experiencing, and you're like, well, honey, just keep being great. Like, shut up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just, I'll, I'll understand her, you idiot. And my segment is: Did Joyce and Hopper acknowledge their obvious history? And yeah, they did. <laughs> Um, they held hands and talked about teenagers who were in love and, like, making out is just what teenagers do. And, like, they probably made out beneath the bleachers when they were in high school. So, like... While sneaking cigarettes? While sneaking cigarettes and, like, running away from teachers. You know, it's just fine. And they, they held hands and they both looked at each other like that, TM. Uh, so, yeah, they did. And now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Hopper and Mike for... You know what? Your mom called. What? Yeah. She needs you home right away. Is everything okay? No, I don't think so. It's your grandma. No, I don't think so. (laughs) No, I don't think so. It's your grandma. Is it all about the delivery with that one? Yes. Yeah. 100%. He's like, (laughs) he's like, oh, is everything okay? He goes, no. 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 No, I think terrible things happened. Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> something terrible's gonna happen if you yeah. don't get in this car yeah. and uh my favorite line award goes to hopper for you just kill mike i'm the chief of police i could cover it up <laughs> he could cover it up he, he could, could cover it up. it's like, nice that he doesn't i like how many like jokes there are about hopper being the police so like who else are you gonna go to mm-hmm. like first of all a cab but <laughs> like Hopper being like a rogue cop who's just literally doing vigilantism this season is hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And mine goes to Lucas and Erica for Isn't it past your bedtime? Isn't it time you die? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> me. It's not that creative, but it gets the point across. It's you know? just so hard. <laughs> it's so biting. Like she she went there. It's like, so- no, I love it because it's actually, it's really realistic for, like, a 10-year-old to do. Oh, yeah. Like, she's like, okay, how do I make this about death or poop, you know? And it's like, I think when we recorded our initial things, that broke me the first time, mm-hmm. too, with its harshness. Is it a time yeah. you die? Mm-hmm. Erica is hilarious. I love like, that kid. She is truly a highlight of this season, to be honest. I completely forgot that we recorded those. So, the first, if you guys want to go and check out our, um, like, first thoughts on season three um we posted it before season two before we before we covered season two um i have not gone back and listened to it and i probably won't um (laughs) all i remember is that britney thought that robin was the double agent was evil but oh yeah but yeah if you guys want to go and check out our first thoughts on uh on it you you can i'm glad she just turned out to be a lesbian yeah (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you're so inclined, go and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We would really appreciate it. And, um, or just do those little stars. That would also be cool. We would appreciate that. Mm, we love those stars. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of The 100, Rob and I like to talk about that show too. Uh, we just finished season seven. It was terrible, but we survived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're going back and doing the seasons that weren't terrible. Uh, and... Happy, happy 2021. Woohoo! So uh, episodes of Stranger Things, of the Stranger Things podcast, are going to be coming out every six weeks. And so are episodes of The 100. And so it's like every three weeks is a new episode of Aficionadas. It's Stranger Things, The 100, Stranger Things, The 100. So um, go and check that out if you want things uh, more frequently. More frequently. I love this for us. Yeah. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. Guys, Riverdale, like we've just put out... Well, we just recorded our trailer, but by the time this comes out, will Riverdale be back? It'll be back that like this week. Oh, what a great week for us! It's like four days from. Wait, no, wait. Is today the day? Wait, maybe it might be a week. You said this comes out on the thirteenth, and oh, you're right. Thirteenth episode of Riverdale comes out on the twentieth, so it's a week ahead. Okay, a week. Only one more week by the time this comes out. I love that for Future Us. I love that. So happy for Future Us. Anyway, we have um done. four seasons of Riverdale now so you can go and listen to the entirety of that and then get ready for season five I'm so excited <laughs> if you're a fan of Lost we like to talk about that show too um it is spoiler free so if you're watching for the first time you can join us we did all of season one and all of season two and we are doing season three which I'm enjoying a lot because it is um probably my second favorite season nice I think that's taste that's good taste if you're a fan of Star Trek we like to talk about that entire franchise um we have covered season one of Star Trek Picard, and hopefully by now they'll be in production for season two, so we'll have some more fun things to talk about in the future. You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, and YouTube, mostly on Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards, and there are a lot of good reaction gifts in those, uh, so go check them out. And Woo-hoo! that's at the Aficionados. Cool. Easy to remember. It sure is. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's oof, it is expensive. Now that we are at the beginning of the year, that's when all of our SoundCloud money gets taken out. So we could really, really use your guys' help at the beginning of the year. Um, if you are so inclined, uh, you get early access to all of the podcasts. Um, this podcast is goes out a week ahead of schedule, so you definitely want that. And um, if you do $5 or more, you get 10% off at shoppylux.com. Um, even if you don't have 10% off, check out shoppylux.com um, because that's another way that you can help us without doing it monthly. Um, but if you can't do any of those, that's totally okay. Next best thing, recommend us to a friend. Um, all of the podcasts we just mentioned and this one, we really appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. Um, our next episode is episode 302. It's the mall rats. Um, things happen with malls and also with rats. Um, and <laughs> spending time at a mall made you a mall rat. Yeah. And then that comes out on February 24th. Unless you are on Patreon, in which case you can have it on the 17th. So, seems like something you would want. I don't know. Oh, that's nice and early. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.